Welcome to the Stacked Supplement Podcast, the premier source for supplement news and reviews. We are back with another Stack Supplement Podcast interview, and I have with me someone who we haven't had on before, and I've known him for a while, uh, and that is uh, Tom from the, I would say, very long-running brand now, and successful uh, VMI Sports. Welcome. Thank, thank you, Shane. It's great to be here, and uh, yeah, you and I have known each other for quite a bit, and, and thank you for, for saying that about the brand. Yeah, we're... I think year nine or closing in on 10 oh, Wow! since sort of inception, you know, the brand had a really slow early going, but yeah, we've, uh, we've taken it the, I'll say the hard route and the long route. <laughs> I think it's paying off to be the good route when you can establish a, a good base of business, uh, not in a rush. Yeah. So to speak. So thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to be here, man. Cause I, I hadn't, I didn't come across the brand until you know what? I don't remember when I came across the brand. I know it wasn't nine, nine, ten years ago, but when I did, it was one yeah. of those companies that um, I get helped by, by companies all the time. Oh, I'm sure um, it's daily. It is. It, it's like one or two a day. And a lot of the time they're newcomers, obviously, and two, one, two years old. Occasionally I come across brands and I'm like, holy shit, how have I not seen See, these guys? Yeah. Yeah. And VMI was one of those because I remember being like, what does VMI even make? And then you look up KXR. You guys were very well known for that pre-work. And then you looked up yeah. uh, the the isolate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, very well known. And it was like, I don't know. It was, and then I was just, I don't know why I'm not writing about this brand already. I don't know how I, don't, <laughs> I had seen it. Yeah, and, we, you know what? That's probably us though. I think one of the, that's a clear indicator. We really were very poor at executing social and marketing. And it was just so far from our forte for the first few years. Um, and that really speaks to the birth of the brand, right? It, long story short, uh, I've been in this business my whole career pretty much. Um, and before this, uh, I was the director of purchasing at a company called Lone Star Distribution, right? And so my partners, John and Frank and I, we came from Lone Star. They were two of the owners of Lone Star. And, and VMI was sort of birthed out of Lone Star. I kind of wanted to do my own thing. I was tired of dealing with vendors and, you know, kind of doing that. And I wanted to just, I, I just enjoy products. So I just wanted to make product. Like, literally yeah. all I wanted to do. Uh, I'm good at sales. I'm good at negotiating. I, I love this business. But I just want to make good shit. And I always felt like I would have to take so many different products and these different things. And I'd even ask brands when I was at Lone Star, like, well, why do you add this or do this? And it was, oh, that's too expensive or it's hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And, and listen, these are honestly real yeah. business type answers. And I just was kind of like, ah, fuck it. You know what? I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just going to do it my way. And so the brand started real slow. It was, it was sort of, a, you know, I would say a, a birthed out of Lone Star, but we made a new company. We said, okay, we'll distribute it through Lone Star because we have the channels. And we did that for a couple of years. And that's that's sort of how we got started. Um, said, okay, we'll try and make an item for Amazon. We'll try and make an item for gym. We'll try and make an item for specialty. And we just kind of, we threw shit at the wall for a couple of years. Um, and part of that was I really, I couldn't give the attention to the brand that it was due because I was working full-time at Lone Star. And, and that was really my primary job, my primary focus. I loved it. I loved the company. I loved the people, uh, obviously, because two of those guys are my business partners now. Right? Yeah. But, you know, eventually that weighed on me because I wasn't giving everything I had to what I wanted to do. And I think a lot uh, into that, right? I know exactly it, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's hard, man. And, you know, uh, it's an interesting time for me personally. Um, 
when, when I decided to kind of make that shift, Lone Star was uh, just on the verge of being acquired by a private equity group, like 20, say 2015 range. And my wife was pregnant. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure out how to put more gas into this. Um, and then hopefully see where it goes. Uh, anyway, Lone Star is acquired. They asked me to stay. I stay. And I'm just, you know, trying to make it work where I can run the business on the side. But like, okay, now the brand has some legs. We're two or three years in. We got to hire a marketing person. Got to hire customer service. Because you can't lean on Lone Star's resources anymore. Company's been sold. And the guy still has the company, but you're not making the everyday decisions. You're less integrated. And so it became like, okay, well, we really need to run this as its own thing. Somebody's got to go do it. Like you can throw some bodies at it, but to grow the brand and the company, we needed to do it. So I eventually made the choice later that year. That's it. I'm going to go do it full time. And that was sort of the jump off when we went from, you know, taking it as a side business that I was passionate about to this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, and it's going to, it's going to be tight and it's going to suck, but uh, and I, and I think a lot of people make that jump and, and everyone choose the time I, I chose a rough time because there, there wasn't a fallback. My wife was pregnant, a lot of different, it was just a tough, uh, situation. And I think if I realized at that time, if I was able to make that decision and make that jump, I was going to make this work because it was sort of burning the boats, right? There was no, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> there was no backup. And, and not that I didn't want to back up. I just didn't think about it. I just said, fuck it. I'm going to go make this work. Really, whatever it takes. Um, and Frank came over about a year later. Uh, he had a he, part of his, uh, as an owner at Lone Star, part of his deal, the equity uh, transaction was he had to stay for a year. But, um, you know, me and him just said, this is what we're going to make happen. Like we, we're going to say, okay, we're dedicated to making good products. We already know the customers. We know the industry. We know the manufacturers. Let's, let's go all in. And I think from that point forward, it, it, it was a full-time learning experience, right? You go from running a company that's already doing 150 million in revenue to like starting over, right? And, and uh, I enjoyed so much of the learning as I look back on it, uh, but tough lessons, right? When, when the brand was just trying to emerge, just trying to grow, and the industry was very competitive. Online was exploding. Amazon was exploding. There was a new brand every 15 minutes. Every store was making their own brand. You know, you look back five, 10 years ago, there was so much of a convergence of different things happening. Brands acquiring other brands, conglomerates acquiring multiple brands. Yeah. Tough to compete unless you were throwing a lot of money at it. And, or a lot of time. Yeah. And so we didn't throw a lot of marketing dollars at it. We, we basically said, okay, Let's bootstrap it and, and we're going to put our, we're all personally invested. It was everything I had. It was everything for, like we, we were all in, but we said, we're going to lean on our strengths and make this work so that it can work before we just throw money at marketing and people. Yeah. And we did it ourselves for a while. And, you know, long story short, we made, you know, good decisions and medicines along the way. But I think from then till now, for me, it's kind of looking at it and saying, wow, We've been through all these kind of different things, and I've seen brands come and go, people come and go, people switch jerseys, and, it yeah. and I'm not mad at it. But I also am so glad and grateful that we get to do this every day because number one, I get to make good shit, 
that people like, and that's what I care about because that's why I got into the business. I was 17, 18 years old, shopping at GNC. There was always a flaky product or it didn't work or whatever. And, you know, that sort of perpetuated even as I got on the business side years later at Lone Star and even UNFI, all these different sides of the industry I've been on. And I could just never get to the point where there's a brand that was totally fulfilling every product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it works the shit out of me. It does, you know. Uh, and then, listen, there's some brands that put the money into marketing in other places, but it's hard to squeeze that penny. And, and so we always had the vision, and that's what VMI stands for, is vision meets innovation, is that we would focus on innovating products that were truly great products, whether we knew they would sell or we had the marketing budget. We just, if we're going to make a product in a category we want to be in, it's just going to be a good product. And, and that's it. And that's where we And so if we know, okay, the, the product's going to be so expensive, we're going to have zero Facebook ad dollars to spend. I don't care. I mean, they're not making the product or making a good product. And I think that's sort of in the long run what has helped us because I get a lot of people kind of like you that say, oh, I've, kind of, I've heard of it or I've seen it or how come I didn't see this sooner? And then yeah, I got a buddy that takes this. I, I got a call earlier from a store in Wichita, Kansas that I've never heard of. It's like, hey man, three people came in asking for this. I've seen it before. How long have you guys been around? I'm like, I don't know, nine years, 10 years. Well, I, I had no idea, you know? Yeah. I'm like, how long have you been around? He's like, a year. <laughs> so for me, I just am so appreciative and grateful that we're here, but I think it's not me or Frank or anyone, it's literally that we focus on making good products and, and that's it, like just the meat and potatoes. And, and I think that's what has kept us here and gotten us here. I believe that. I, I definitely can relate to that, uh, <clears throat> that point. Um, I was similar situation. Like I had three part-time jobs um, yep. while doing stack, like at night. <laughs> and then as it, things got better, each I dropped off each part-time job. And then I think I was at the Arnold and my first Arnold and like just meeting everyone. And they were like, Hey dude, this is, it's great what you do. Next guy. I'm like, how the fuck do any of these people know who I am? And they're like yeah. fully fans, supporters and stuff. And then I was like, fuck this. I'm, and then I called, <laughs> I called my boss from America and I said, Hey, dude. I know it's a weird time, but can I leave? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so I was, I wasn't even in the right country when I decided to drop it. And wow, we were, but I know exactly what you mean. It was just yeah. at the time I was like, this is just me at like 50% speed. Imagine if I'm yes. at like, yeah, double the time what I could do. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you know, you're like, I might not better do double as well, but you're like, at least I know that. You give it everything you have. If I've given it everything I got and it's whatever the result is, you'll be happy because you're like, there's no other way I could have done anything more. Yes. Yeah. I'm okay uh, losing if I've given it everything. I Yes. Yeah. I'm okay. Like I'm not going to get every customer and every sale. I can everybody happy, but for the most part, like, listen, I put everything into this and I know inside the bottle has everything I could put in it. I'm good. I can play that game. And, and I totally agree. That's, what makes it worthwhile no question yeah 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 exactly it was just so so long as i could put every ounce of energy i had into this i wouldn't give a shit if no one followed me just be (laughs) glad that i gave it my best and i think i think a lot of sort of the larger companies but the small to mid-sized guys they're very similar all kind of have that turning point where they just make the jump and then yeah 
yeah, whether or not it leaps up in success, it doesn't really matter. Like you said, they're more it's more fulfilling and it's just it's just yeah. great being able to do it as your full time. Right. Yeah, that's the thing too. You gotta wanna do that. If you're if it's get rich quick or I saw somebody else do it, so this is easy. This yeah. is that. And I think that probably applies to entrepreneurs regularly, regardless of industry, but especially in our industry, because it's evolving so fast and so competitive. Yeah. You kind of have to, you gotta know what you're doing. But if you're gonna make it's because you want to do it, not because you think you're going to get rich quick or, or yeah. whatever it is. And I think like most good businesses, regardless of industry, it's longevity. You can get hot quick. You can go out quick. Like, you know, WeWork was the hottest thing. And then WeWork was bankrupt. Uh, I think you, you really have to be able to build a sustainable model for yourself that you enjoy doing. And that's what you want to do. But it's a long game. And I say that a lot on our podcast. I say it a lot when I, I do stuff with our staff here. You have to think big picture and then you can micromanage from there. Yeah. You, you have to have a plan and you've got to want to attack that plan every day. Work the plan, work the plan, work the plan, adjust, work the plan. And it's, it's something not a lot of people want to do with the people that do. Like you said, those small to mid-sized businesses that can appreciate, they've been through those struggles. They did it from the ground up and if you can stick around, that's winning to me. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, so, I mean, like I said, the products that, that, that you kind of jumped out at me on uh, was obviously the, the ProLite and the KXR. And despite, to be honest, how, I guess, prominent the effects of, of uh, the pandemic and supply chain yeah. still were, you guys had a pretty crazy year in 2021 and I mean, I've yeah. been watching and I've been following VMI for a while, but yeah. you guys did a substantial amount because the first off you reformulated KXR, if I wasn't mistaken, yeah. and it was yes. very early last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was between the end of 2020 and early 2021. We relabeled, made some tweaks. I think the one thing Frank and I kind of agreed on early on is if it, you're going to have to pivot, you have to make other decisions. And we did some things to, to fortify the business, um, but we just said, okay, we're not going to not innovate. We're not update. We're not, we're not going to just hit pause because the world tried to pause. Like yeah, consumer wants good stuff. If there's ways to update and make good stuff, we're going to do that. Um, you know, if, if it's possible and it was, and so, you know, I think two things happened. One, we kind of made that decision that we were going to continue to grow and pivot and not take our foot off the gas anywhere where we don't have to. And, and secondly, we said, okay, we're at an inflection point where like everyone else is going to struggle. I'm not going to slow down. I'm going to run faster. What do we need to do to run faster? And that was really bolting on uh, more in the marketing side. And so we actually hired uh, Nick, who I think, you know, Nick Carroll, yeah. uh, he's uh, very likable. He's a fan. Uh, a lot of people have a fan uh, of Nick and, and he's a fan of you, but we said, okay, this is a guy. And Nick and I went back and forth during the pandemic and he had left MFIT and, and it wasn't probably a good ending for him. But I said, this is a guy who's local, who I, I can trust, who I know through the business. And I think he was a missing link at that time for, for us to say, okay, this is what we need to do, product, business, structure. But like, this is the bolt on we never had, right? Like we never put the supercharger on the engine. And Nick was that guy and it was at really good timing. We were updating KXR, we were making some label tweaks. And so we, we really said, okay, we need to hone in on, we have a full-time, not a full-time, but we have a, an on-deck graphic designer who's been with us for years. She works a few days a week. 
in office, but we said we got to team her up with Nick and we've got to really step on the gas where we can, right? So Frank and I stepped back and said, okay, we're going to do skew rationalization. Let's eliminate stuff that's slower, stuff that we only carry because of our prior distributor, stuff that's not in our focus, in our wheelhouse. So we narrowed our wheelhouse and then we kind of tasked Nick and, and, and Steph and Christina with, okay, now we need to grease that wheelhouse on the marketing side, right? How do we, what do we update here? What do we change? What's the, the look, the ads, the graphics? And so it was really, like I said earlier in the conversation, timing, right? But last year, I think a lot of people had a lull going into 2021. Like you said, 2020, 2020 sucked and 2021 is not looking yeah. I don't think we ever, I drove 80 miles an hour to work every day since before the pandemic, since the pandemic. I don't, I'm just foot on the gas. And my wife hates it. You know, she, I'm probably, yeah. <laughs> her, but you know, very high, strong, go get it attitude, you know, and I think you, if you're not turned on that way and you haven't been for the last two years, it's going to be tough in a competitive business, especially in CPG. So I think that was a turning point for us last year was saying, okay, we know what we're going to do. We're going to skew rationalize, reduce to what we know we want to focus on. Because we had items that were so far, we did a keto line, a natural seed. We did stuff that we got asked for from big chains, grocery chains, our old distributor, but it wasn't our wheelhouse. It wasn't our, our forte that we wanted to focus on. So we said, okay, we're going to narrow the focus into the heavy hitters, KXR, Protolite, Carnitine. I feel like we've really, you know, not, and I don't say this with any ego, but we've done a good job dominating liquid Carnitine for a while. And I feel like by, by reducing that focus and narrowing it and then getting Nick on board, it was really good timing to do those two things at the same time. And so last year was big for us. We were able to bring back in chains that we had lost, land some new chains. Um, obviously, late last year, we launched KXR in a drink. Which that, was, is, that was where I was going to next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, knock on wood, that has been probably the best launch we've ever had. And, and I don't think I've said that too many times. When we launched El Carnitine Heat, Years ago, I feel like that was a big stepping stone for us into a liquid category and so on. But when we when we made the drink, we know the drink business. We were drink distributors at Lone Star. That was really the core focus of Lone Star's business. We were 150 million revenue distributor, but we did powders, we did pills, we distributed all over the U.S., other countries. But Lone Star really originated with John Hoffman delivering drinks and stuff in, in Texas, and you know, that's what we got good at. And so we said, okay, we know the other brands, we respect the other brands, but I think we can play with the other brands. And so we took almost all of last year to uh, hone in on the formula, out, outsource the flavoring. We really put some time into it and, and money, but I knew, okay, KXR is our best seller. We can, we can grow that, right? And we made samples and it was like, it was like Christmas. I had people messaging me. They could not believe, you know, I was like, right. You get like a good feel. It's kind of like you at the Arnold that time. And so for, cause we had, listen, and I always try to go to my retail buddies or my friends that they're going to tell me, Hey, that tastes terrible. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to have the honest feedback and, and that's how you make a good product. You, you, you back into it with honest feedback. We made the drink. When I tell you people were ecstatic, I was sending people early label mock-ups nobody cared they were like dude it tastes so good it's so strong just you guys it. were because you guys were teasing it and hyping it for a while a long time a long yeah. time and we, we made tweaks really up until a couple months before and 
what we finally landed on, I wasn't even 100% happy with because there's some label tweaks we ended up making that will, will come out about two weeks from now when we get the next production run. But it was, uh, it was the biggest launch we've ever had. I, you know, I can't help but smile saying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we crushed it. And I think, you know, maybe a long time coming, maybe we should have made it sooner. But I think for us, it's all part of that long-term focus of focusing on what we're good at. And one of the things we're good at that we never took advantage of was we were drink distributors for a long time. Yeah. You should have a drink and distribute it. And, and I think that's what we're doing. And we've been lucky so far, but yeah, I think the drink is going to change our trajectory in terms of how fast we grow in 2022. Like no question. I did not expect it to do what it's going to do. Um, this is probably a good time to announce. We just got all four flavors into the, the largest grocery chain in Texas um, for over a hundred stores, all four flavors. Wow. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So they're actually a top 10 grocer in the United States, uh, HEB. So HEB is the largest grocer in the state of Texas. Texas, obviously one of the biggest states. Um, and they dominate that state. Like no grocer dominates any other state. And it's an interesting company, just great people. It's an ESOP company. Um, the family that founded it gave it back to the employees. Um, and we, we were able to get all, we, we didn't even pitch it as an idea. I just sent samples to friends that worked there that wanted to see it because they carry the powder. And without ever telling me, I just got notice from the distributor that, that services it for us. Yeah, they're going to take in the, the RTDs. I'm like, oh, wow, that's unbelievable. What flavor? All of them. <laughs> I was, Damn. It was like silent for like a minute. Uh, cause I, I was excited. We got into golds corporate nationwide, right? I'm like, okay, that's a win. I, I know them. We've had powders and stuff in there for a long time, but I feel like we've chipped away so much over the years, chain by chain, item by item, clawing our way to be a good brand. And last year was that culmination of the marketing hitting the social, we've signed athletes, micro influencer program, all these different things just at the, at the right time. And then the drink came out and it was like, yeah. in a rocket ship ever since so it's exciting right like i think we're still learning like navigating so we don't we don't make any mistakes but it's very exciting when you can find something that doubles down on what you're at and you can really ride that wave did i mean with that being such a quick success does that kind of give you the idea of other beverages because obviously you've got kxr when it's kxrtd i mean i would couldn't help but think protolite to a protolite RTD <laughs> is like almost a no-brainer. You know what's funny that you asked that? Uh, so quite honestly, the buyers at HEB had asked me that. I have been asked for a protolite RTD. And, and no exaggeration, I'm not saying this, so I'm trying to get people that listen. Yeah. I, I have no interest in making a, a milk RTD, a protein RTD, because of the MOQ, the minimum order quantities, the yeah. size of the run, the ex- Listen, and it's and it's got a short expiration date, like a year. Um, it's very challenging. With that said, I would say today it's probably not out of the question anymore. Well, it's, she got all the partners now, and right, yeah, exactly. Now we have cooler space, we have legs, and Proto Light. Listen, to be honest with you, what are the items that are in that grocery chain for 100 to 120 stores, depending on the skew? KXR and Proto Light. Well, they just picked up the KXR RTD and they asked me for a protolite RTD. And that's one chain. And we're in like six different grocery chains across the US. 
People don't even know that. I always feel like when I talk about our brand, I try to stay so humble. I don't talk about the customers. I don't want to be on the rooftop, you know, pounding our success. I never want to be that guy. Uh, you got to lead from the front, but with humility. And, and I never wanted to be that guy. But I also feel like when I talk to people kind of like you, oh, you're so there or, oh, well, you're in that chain. And it's kind of like, damn, how does nobody know that? You know, I, 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 it makes it make me feel good, but um, it's also exciting to be able to share those wins with people. And I feel like, wow, you're in that gym chain. Or I had, yeah. when we got the drink into Gold's corporate text messages, DMs, and it was a wonderful feeling. And I shared it with the team. But then I said to the team, this was literally the week that we announced it was in Gold's corporate. I said, let me talk everyone in the, in the pit, our little sales pit. And Frank and I were talking, I said, I told everybody, here's the thing. It's exciting that everyone's pumped for us, athletes, customers, right? Everyone's congratulating us on being in Dick's with the drink. We've been in Dick's for like five, not Dick's, I'm sorry, uh, Gold's. We've been in Gold's gym for like five years. And nobody knew that with, with other items, right? Yeah. And to me, that is not a negative, but it's the gap we have to close in, in our marketing and our speaking to the customer and to the industry, right? Like there's a line between being humble and, and also like letting everybody know where you're sold, right? Shout in front of the rooftops and then obviously yeah. coming up to uh, yeah. too confident sometimes. And yeah, exactly. that's what you mean. It's a tough balance, right? Cause I don't want to be the guy that's, but it's also like when people are like, oh man, you're sold there. And I'm like, yeah. General public doesn't know. You, know? you want to, you want to be somewhere in the, in between, but you're never yes. told that you're in between. You're only ever told when I never heard of it or you should just shut up. It's yes. It's, it's, it's one always one or the other. other. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. No, you're well, if you're doing it just right, no one's going to tell you anything. That's the yes. hard part. Yeah. But and and the reality yeah. is too, nobody claps until you're winning. Yeah. So that's a tough, tough thing to, to, to keep going and keep getting those accounts, keep the humility, yeah. the new item. And it takes time. And then people, you know, it's a, people don't really want to celebrate with you until you're actually winning or, or at least they perceive you're winning. Right. Well, then sometimes they don't even want to celebrate if you win winning too much. So <laughs> yeah, stay in the middle. Don't, don't do too well. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's such a weird dynamic with people uh, and their perception of stuff. Right. But we do try to stay in the middle and not really to please people, but because I want to stay laser focused on making product that really works, not product that delivers high profit, not product where the label glows in the dark, not product that has an ingredient no one's ever heard of with no science. You know, I hate to say somewhere in the middle, but like, I just want to make really good product that people go, shit, that worked. What well, things that fulfill you, right? It's yeah. like that, that please you. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of what I think most brands, um, yeah. good brands do. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you, even if someone doesn't like your product and then you can argue with them, not because I might lose money, but you're like, because you firmly believe in it. And that's, yes. that's, that's, that's where the passion comes in. And that's always, I always like seeing that. It's, yeah, I'd say fifty percent of brands are like that. Maybe could be off by that number, but it's, it's you know. a, I think that's a little high. That's a little <laughs> high, but you have to be generous because you work with a lot of brands. No, I, and listen, I I think there's a lot of great people at a lot of brands, and I do I do think there's a lot of brands that have good missions. I, I use other brand stuff. I, I always say that there's there's stuff I use. It's, it's more so on the vitamin side, but um, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm friends with so many guys at so many different brands, whether it be owners or employees or, and, and we try to really maintain those relationships because it's a people game. It comes back around. Yeah. And, and there's brands we help and there's brands that I, I think help us sometimes. And yeah. you got to just, just work with everybody. And I think we do a good job of that just because that's what we did before. You know? Oh, I mean, this is, this is it's what I do. I try and work with pretty even people that don't speak my language. I do my best yeah. to uh, <laughs> communicate and, and, and do what I can to help. And yeah, yeah it's, um, I mean, like I say, I feel like 50% of brands are passionate, but then also I feel like that percentage goes down because they always start passionate and then yeah. somewhere along the way. Yeah. To get into this store, I had to do this. To get into this chain, I had to do this. And justifications you know, and, I, and yeah. I saw I saw us make decisions that would that would mimic that a couple of years ago, 2017, 2018, maybe 18 into 19, where we, we made some stuff that was quality good about when the finished good came out, but it wasn't our mission, it wasn't our focus, it wasn't our direction. And we were, you know, we even got into some commodity stuff. And I'm not anti-commodity, but like that's not me. That's not, yeah. and, and I didn't feel good about it. So when Frank and I agreed to kind of rationalize our SKUs and reduce and focus, I think it was good from a business perspective, but it was also good from a mission perspective. Like we need to focus on what we want to do and what we're good at. That's making sports nutrition. Formula. That's, that's, that's it. Like, and, and I'm not saying we'll never make other stuff, um, we do have a, a Vita pack in the works, some different things, right? Who knows if we make a protolite shake, but stuff that's in our wheelhouse. Like if I make a vitamin, it's gonna be a sports oriented vitamin. Yeah. You know, I'm not servicing every, you know, regular Joe with regular stuff. I don't want to just service one niche to get into one account. This is what we make. This is what we're good at. And, and if it's not good for Josie's health food store, that's okay. Um, and, and I think that really needs to be where we keep our focus, right? What we're good at, who we service, how we service it, and, and knowing where our community shops, right? People that want to perform, want to work out, just want to take good shit. You know, that's that's our, our our people, and, and that's where we need to stay. I feel like it's, uh, it's the bands with, with uh, passion and personality. I feel like they're the ones that, uh, that bring in customers that, if they like one of your products, they'll like all of them because they kind of are drawn to it. Like you said, for a certain reason, for a certain personality, yeah. and they just stand out to them. Yeah. Um, if you go to a brand that's all about performance and endurance, then you know that if you know, you're for that, you're going to like everything from them. And, and yes. similar yeah. to you, if you're like, you said, you're after those products and KXR and put like, there's a good chance that they'll fit their personality. And they'll like everything else you guys come out with. Um, I was going to bring up another product that yeah. I saw. A, I saw a teaser of this one last year, and it didn't hit me until you. <laughs> I already it. know what it is, guys. Because this, I thought, was fitting. I thought it was, and I don't, maybe you, maybe you're excited after the RTD or something. I don't know, but yeah. before, I think it might have been before. But the the teaser of the cookie is obviously. Yeah, we. You know, I'll I'll say this. It was the light light cookie, I think was the name. Yeah, so we were going to make a, a sort of a proto light cookie, right? Uh, and and we have we have a whole kind of it's it's on the shelf, and I'll tell you why. We have a whole snack thing laid out uh, from a positioning, 
how we would sell it, where we would sell it. A lot of it speaks to the people we work with already, right? Grocery chains. Yeah. We have C-store distributors now. Um, we tabled it for a couple of reasons. One, consumables and snacks, it's growing. Everyone's getting into it. It's hot, right? I'm not, it, it's like the energy can. I'm not just going, yeah. but he's making stuff. Because then everybody makes one. And it's really crowded. And even if your stuff's better, some guy's going to drop his pants to get in. Another guy already has a lot of market share. Some guy might mimic your formula. Yep. You to an arena where everybody thinks they can play, and then you have a lot of crap. And that's not my game. It's not our game. And I, and I think, is it something we'll ever make? Yes. And if we do, I'll send you samples first. But uh, we tabled the, the consumables and snacks for now. Um, it's, it's probably too, I was, I was definitely excited at that time. And it was, I think pre the drink coming out that we thought of it and yeah, it was campaign. We try to come up with a, I don't want to say a teaser, but like, I have to know we're going to have a brand campaign that speaks to the product. And, and I know if the product is quality, this is the message. And so when we came out, we came out with, we, we made up here. Uh, we came up with a presentation and what it looked like. We we're going to call it light snacks. And we were going to have different snacks in the, in the light category. Cook, cookie was going to be like just the one or the starter. Yes. And uh, you know what? Right before we decided to go to like what I would call stage two, which is like secondary samples, sign an initial agreement. Uh, the manufacturer got a little sideways with uh, within themselves and their partner. And we, we kind of backed off and said, okay, we're not going to go solicit a new manufacturer, but I'm not going to make something with a company that's having their own issues. And I think that was good because I don't think we were ready to make that yet. And I think it's really crowded right now in, in snacks in general. Yeah. I mean, protein snacks, obviously Ike's killing it with his brownie. Um, love him. We worked together for years. I think he's one of my best friends in the business. I think there's, everyone's got their own thing going on right now. And I'm going to wait till I'm sure we're, we're in a position to focus on it. It is a hard space and you're right. It's, it's just one of those categories. I would sp specifically the U S because I don't really notice it too much in Australia, like Europe yeah. or even the middle East where they do. Someone comes up with a snack. It's never usually something like you can compare it to. Yeah. Whereas in the U S it's like you get one and if it does well, Maybe two months later, someone's yeah. going to do something early. Yeah. So like they, they initially, they'll try and make it a little bit different. And then yeah. someone will be like, well, if this is going to be that similar, I might as well do something even similar. <laughs> and then it just yeah. snowballs. I think the outright bar was a great example of that. So yes. you just now you're getting more of those peanut butter based kind of yeah. whole food. Yep. Then you do the candy bar style. And I mean, you're right. It's just, it's, it's it's just one of those tough categories where it's I mean, it's competitive and there's demand and everyone wants on the go protein and what used to be a whole aisle of of shit snacks in a 7-Eleven is now half an aisle of protein snacks um, for everything from Power Crunch to Ice Bounty to whatever the outright bar and Mark's done a great job I think it is competitive could we sell one sure but I mean yeah but is that where I want to focus right now. We have so many good things going on. I don't ever want to get back to where we were a couple of years ago, losing that focus because yeah. opportunity. There's a difference between, you know, trying to get one opportunity, swing, swing one time or play the whole game. 
and I want to play the whole game. I don't want to just swing once for the fences. And uh, I don't, I don't want to say never, but uh, I, I want to say there's something else we're focused on launching that is probably less exciting for the masses, but more exciting for our focused market um, that I hope we launch this year. And that's train. Uh, so train was our original pre-workout before KXR, before you and I met. And train, in my mind, was so far ahead of its time. Uh, it's kind of funny to say that because I used to get dogged at the time for making it. But we launched that in 2013, maybe, uh, 13, 14, something like that. And train was maybe two, 250 caffeine. I'm it looking, was, I'm looking at it. I'm trying focus. to find it now. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, still, it's still internet age, so it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, you can find it. I'll send you some stuff. It's interesting because some of the stuff in it we can't use anymore. Um, beta I mean, 2013, 2012, those are, those are some different days. Yeah, you could, you could oh, use it. Dendrobium, uh, dendrobium. Yeah. Picotropin, obviously. Yeah, exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we went heavy pump focus hydration. We actually had yeah. mineral uh, electrolyte complex in there. And I feel like you could. <laughs> Any of these performance workout pre-workouts today and you have guys backing down the caffeine but adding focus or adding pump or both and yeah. like well i had that 10 years ago everyone told me i was crazy for having a low stim and you fast forward to today everyone's like i need a lower stim so i think things are cyclical but uh we've been asked by so many people to this again and, and mostly you know brand loyal customers athletes um, a few stores here and there. And so because KXR is really our, our engine um, and, and it does well, but there's not really a way for people to hap it, you know, um, it's, it's a scoop. Like, you could yeah, miss yeah, yeah, yeah. The others. And I'm very conscious about that. I tell people, I'm not going to sell people on the half scoop. The, the brands that get into the half one, two math. I mean, you're just. The issue is that you only have a half it because of the stems. But then yeah. that obviously means that you lose half of those ingredients Correct. that you don't want half of, like citrulline, yeah. betalanine, and all that yeah. stuff. So it's, I see what you mean. I'm not a fan of the half either. I'm not. I'm not. And I tell people that, like, you make it for what it is, and you know, this isn't. We're baking a cookie, and if you're not that hungry, you only have a bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're we're gonna look at relaunching train as our low stem option. Nick and I have been working on it for a very long time uh probably almost a year at this point i feel like it would be an ideal oh like, for us it's a great option because yeah. it's in the pre-workout family it's a skew we already made before that we've been asked for and i can plug it into places i already sell right so and it's not gonna i don't think it clashes too much because kxr is a very stim heavy driven oh 100 yeah experience in this sort of, sort of kind of like you said tapers that down and shoots yeah. pumps and performance as well so 100 percent so I'll send you the new, uh, I'll have Nick send you the new, uh, the, for the new label. Uh, Man, that'll be, that'll be something for longtime fans to see. I can tell you that. Yeah, this is definitely going to be our sort of legacy. Bring it back. Uh, see how it does. Um, I'm eight actually years, eight years later. Yeah, this is, uh, we're certainly <laughs> re, uh, rehashing something, but it's one of those things. Oh, you, we've launched products over the years. You get asked for a couple of times after it's discontinued and then that fades. This is like, I got asked two days ago. So like I, it's a regular thing. People keep asking. So uh, I am excited about that one. And I think it plays to our wheelhouse. Performance, pre-work, yeah. sports, 
this is our wheelhouse. This is what we do. This is what we're good at. And I think right now you've had a lot of guys try to throw everything but the kitchen sink at a their version of a performance pre-workout. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to make our version, but I'm going to do what I think we always do, which is try to be re- really well-rounded, really well-insulated. And it's not going to have everything. It's going to have what works well together. And that's what I'm big on. And, and I hope it works. Um, and I hope our legacy customers sort of drive the, the initial traction. But that's one I'm excited about. It's probably less exciting for the masses, right? Another pre-workout. I think it's cool as shit. I, especially it's cool for me. Again, for you, for fans, like people that are... Yeah. It's a nostalgia. I mean, it's only yeah. eight years ago, but still, it's... it's, it's you know, it's it's, for, in this industry, eight years is a long time. That's, oh. Yeah, so... It's, I mean, not many brands get the opportunity to be able to do that. I think yeah. Gaspari played with it quite a bit when they bought back uh, yeah. Plasma Jet, Super Pump, yep. and all that stuff. Yep. So uh, it's it would be it's pretty damn cool to be able to see that coming back. Yes. And like I said, I feel like because you're not taking the kitchen sink approach to no, the pre workout no. category, you kind of, like you said, some people don't want to spend 50, 60 bucks. They want something more fitting yeah. to their personality. And Right. And I think too, like one thing that gets lost and pre-workout is really the prime place to look at this. And I, I, and I hate to, I'm not speaking as a formulator or I formulate every one of our products. Like it is what it is. Um, I don't have a degree in it. I don't, but, but I've, I've just spent years. I mean, nights just reading PubMed journals, what works, what doesn't yeah. what work the other. And you learn, you, you, you know, self-taught. And I think one thing I see pick a hot button ingredient, they throw it in, underdosed, overdosed, okay. Or they throw everything but the kitchen sink, everything, 80 gram scoop, you know, it's like retarded shit. And I think for me, like, I don't know who they think they're fooling, the customer or themselves, or they just have a bad formulator. The reality is like anything else, you can't take that many things at once. You just cannot. Your body will not digest or absorb them. If you think they will, you don't know what you're doing. If you think the customer believes you, they're going to try it once. It's not going to be as good as you told them. You just can't. You can't take eight grams of five different things. And so I think the word I use a lot here internally is balance. You have things that work in unison. And so I don't back into it and say, I want something just because I want to not have something because I want to make it affordable. I do think price point plays a role. We're usually more expensive than some of our competitors. I always view us as kind of the Cadillac with two or three dollars more in protein, two dollars more in pre-workout. Okay, but I don't make cheap shit. I'm just not the Honda. I'm just not. And that's okay, but I'm, that's not me. But you also can't overprice just because you're going to stuff it full of stuff. Yes. Yeah. You can't. No one goes to a restaurant. I guess, you know, I guess unless you're going to a Brazilian steakhouse, <laughs> but you, no one gets steak, chicken, turkey, a full dish of each and tries to eat it with ketchup and steak sauce all at the same time. Your body can't digest it. It's not. I would, I would like to do that though. Okay. Yeah. You and me both, but you can't. But you, yeah, you can't. You'd have the meat sweats for days. You're not gonna, you might order it, <laughs> but you might not finish it. Right. Right. So I think that's my approach is like, okay, well, let's make stuff that's balanced. It works well. It works in unison. It complements each other. And, and know that people may not want something in there. And it's one of those things that's a commodity add-in by choice. Yeah. Right? Like just something that there's a lot of people that don't want that in the pre-workout. There's a lot of people that do. Make it an opt-in. Don't put it in the formula and, and let people add it if they want it. I think if you, have, if you have a good basis and understanding of what's commodity, what's not, what's something people add in, and what's something they expect 
to be in there. They're not going to add beta alanine. They expect it to be in their pre-workout. Creatine. They might not want it, but they'll be willing to add it. They'll buy a commodity creatine if they want it. You have to understand that and then back into how you're going to create the form. Yeah. And, and I think landing on that balance and, you know, delivering something that's going to work, not just the kitchen sink. That, and that's how I approach it. So listen, trains are going to be fully loaded, but I'm not doing the one scoop, half scoop, quarter scoop, use a teaspoon. I'm not. I noticed that the original had 32 servings. Is there any reason behind the 32? It's such an odd number. <laughs> so there, there is. We, we were able to fit it. It was a jam-packed 19-ounce bottle. We thought at the time that because we, we had to sell value, we didn't have the marketing. It was really just through Lone Star. Uh, we felt like if we went two extra servings, we could break down the math for retailers on the value that they were giving to the consumer. So we felt like, okay, there's an easy way to say you're getting a little bit extra. In hindsight, that really didn't play well because two extra servings wasn't enough to really make a difference in anyone's mind. And there wasn't a, uh, enough pizzazz to, to the, the extra, but it's not like 20% more. Right. And so it didn't it's work like, out. It's like 6% or something. something. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> well, we didn't put percent because it was a weird number. Yeah. Uh, so it was not our best shot, but there was a reason behind it. Yeah. We didn't just forget to fix it on the label, but which we've had. I just looked at it. I was like, I was like, this, I've seen 21, three weeks, seen 30, full month, 28, four weeks, 20. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> 32 was just one of the strangest ones I had seen. I, I mean, I know in Europe I've seen 14 and I've seen 12 and I've seen some yeah. weird stuff. 32, so, but value, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the reason we did it makes sense, but now I look back and I just tell myself I did it to be memorable. I just wanted people to remember something about the product. They remember it had a weird number of servings. Just comes up in conversation. Remember when VMI put 32 in there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that product was, but it had a weird <laughs> uh no, so we're relaunching it and I'm excited about it. And it's not gonna have 32 servings, but oh I, man, I was I was literally about to ask that. No, like, oh, no, not 32. I'll make you a bottle with 32 servings just for you. Uh, <laughs> No, but I'm excited about that. And I think that's where, for me, it's finally from a passionate and fun perspective. I'm going back to a product that I know is ahead of its time, that I know will work, that I know now I can sell and how to sell it. And that's kind of what gets me excited, right? Like, I know I was doing a lot of the right things the wrong way earlier in the brand. And, and I'm not going to try and rehash mistakes, but... I know if I had wins in my pocket that I didn't play the card right, I'm going to fix that. And, and that for me is like, I don't want to say self-retribution, but, um, you know, I'm going to fix something that should have been done right. And, and uh, so it's, it's personally exciting for me uh, from that kind of perspective. Uh, you know, everybody wants to win, but this is like a cool way for me to, to do it and launch something new, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely keep me in the loop. I'm excited to see yeah. that one. Just yeah. again, I hadn't heard a train before now, but just knowing that it's when it comes yeah. to right story, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be you're gonna about to say something like eight years in the making or eight years. Oh, oh, we already yeah. So we have a whole so our, we have two different film guys. Other films our podcast, but our other film guy who does short video stuff for us. Great guy. We're already, we already I have the bottle the old bottles. I still have them on my desk. Oh. I have full product. Yes. We're going to do a whole video and it's going to like flash from old to new. 
uh, and kind of you know, showing the evolution of the product and stuff. And I, you know, maybe we'll we'll tell like a a quick tidbit of the story in that journey. Um, and in my mind, again, it's like it's a personal thing for me because that was the first pre workout I made. It was the first powder product I made. It was the first I formulated. I formulated really everything after the first one or two products uh, at the time we were working with a manufacturer that we no longer work with. And one of the owners of that company was a partner for a little while, but that I, I was so proud of it at the time. And, and it was probably our, our best initial selling product in those early days. Cause our first couple of products were really flops. And I think that happens um, maybe to some people, maybe not, but to me, this is a way for me to personally rehash that. Yeah. I want to tell the story to consumers, especially legacy consumers and athletes and stores like, you know, it's a store that finally gets the spot they want on the block. It's, it's, you know, whatever it is for you to be able to go back and say, okay, you, it's the guy that competes 10 years after his first show because he had kids. That's for me, the, the, the replay and, and saying, okay, I can still do this and I'm going to do it right this time. And, you know, I, I want to win with it, but just being able to get it out there to the people that want it is for me, a good story to tell. Yeah. Well, as, as I was just, as I say, yeah, definitely keep me in the loop. We'll be yeah. excited to share it. It's pretty cool to hear that. And um, I appreciate you taking the time. It was awesome yeah. chatting with you and getting to know you. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, again, I definitely didn't know a lot of these things about the brand. So it's pretty you cool. To, uh, I do now. It's pretty cool to hear them all, but uh, yeah, man, thank you for taking the time. Shane, thank you so much, man. This is great.